Alrighty. Welcome to those who are online as well. Forgot to mention you all before. Uh, as we continue this series called Kingdom Reality, Shelley is going to read to us from Matthew chapter 6. Good morning, everyone. It's such a joy to be able to read the Bible together this morning. And I'm reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 18. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Well, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, this is the prayer we, we desire, be the prayer of our heart, uh, that we, we come to you, our Heavenly Father, that your name be glorified and your kingdom, your will be done. So as we look at this this morning, Lord, may uh, this prayer sink into our hearts um, it become a heart prayer and um, that we may honour you in all that we do and say in every, every way in which we live. That it comes out of this prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. Um, so let me pretend, I, w- I want to pretend for a minute that uh, you are, you're all uh, relative strangers. So um, let's just pretend we're here and you're kind of all, you know, the first time you've walked into this church and, and um, so I can kind of introduce myself. Can we just pretend that for a sec? So this, this, may, this is my introduction. Um, hi, my, my name is Luke. <laughs> Didn't expect the response, that's good. My name is Luke. Um, I'm the pastor of this church and I want to help you with whatever uh, you need on your spiritual journey. If you've drifted from church for a while, that's fine. No judgment on my part. Happy to welcome you back. Uh, You are safe here, and I hope you find refuge here from the challenges of life. Amen. No, 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 I'm not. So that would be my introduction. Now, uh, um, again, 
we're just pretending here, but let's, let's say you were, you were a stranger and you heard that. How did that sound? How did that come across? Be honest. Okay. Was that helpful? So some people are like, oh, I'm not so sure. Is he tricking us here? Or what? Was it truthful? All right. Park that for a second in the back of your mind and we'll come back to it a little later. Um, I want to start by sharing with you my, my hopes for this sermon series uh, that we're calling Kingdom Reality. Um, there is a kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, depending on which of the Gospels you read and what language is, is used depending on the context. Um, but it's the same thing, kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that it's as, it is as true and as real as anything we can see in this room. As anything you've tasted or touched or smelt uh, this, this week, right, in, in ordinary life, in this world. It's as real as that. And uh, Jesus opened with this. Time has come. The kingdom of heaven has come near. He said it's here. It's, on, it's, it's, it's in front of us. It's here. However, it is in a sense disguised and, and overshadowed or hidden behind um, what the scriptures call a, a kingdom of darkness, a, a false narrative, a, a false reality that's been painted uh, by the enemy. And so with our natural eyes, we, we just see the world. Some of the world is beautiful. Some of it's not so beautiful. Some of it's awful, if we're honest. Um, but how do we see and access the reality of the kingdom of God, the reality of the presence of God on earth that's often hidden? It's hidden behind the existence that we're, we're so familiar with. Um, Jesus didn't want us to just understand what the kingdom of God is like. He told these parables, the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of God is like this. He wanted us to actually access it, to see it, to access it, and then to live in this kingdom, to experience and, and live as part of this kingdom. That's, that's his desire for us and his teachings, particularly the Sermon on the Mount. They and this, this sermon, uh, as well as the sermon on the plain in Luke's gospel, um, uh, they help us see this kingdom and not just see it, but access it and then live in it. Three weeks ago, uh, at the end of our series, Ways in the Wilderness, I spoke about the fact that there is a devil, and his primary, if not his only, strategy is deception and lies. Now, it's not blatant lies. Right, like it's not you know like cocaine is good for you or something you know blatantly obviously deceptive like that. It's subtle lies, lies that sound like truth, um, lies that might even be full of or a combination of different truths, but still lies, still deceptive. The the enemy plays to our flesh, right? So there we've got the devil, the flesh, which is naturally bent away from truth, and this leads to a world. The devil, the flesh, and the world, the world in which sin is normalized and, and, and therefore sort of spurts this false narrative. Um, one person described it, the enemy around us, the enemy within us, and the enemy above us, working together. And that's why something wrong and destructive can seem so right, because these forces are lying to us from every angle. Um, now, I had more response to that sermon than I think I have to any in about the last year or so from, from you all. Just going, I, I resonate with that. Something really struck there in terms of what I'm facing in, in my life. I have more response to that than, than just about anything in the last year or maybe more. I think that's because 
People experience this, this reality, the enemy above us, around us, and within us at a deep level. This battle where you want to live in the kingdom of God, right? You want to, you want to uh, uh, live as, with God as your king, God's ways, God's blessings, the ways of God, but there's a constant pull. And it's from within, it's from outside, it's to lead you in a different way. And it's confusing. What do I do here? Which voices do I listen to? Is this what the way of the kingdom is or is it not? That's why the Sermon on the Mount in particular is so valuable and so helpful. Because this is the truth, y'all. <laughs> this is the truth. The, king, the kingdom of God, the way to live in it, the way to see it, the way to access it and be part of it. Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount and then, for example, the Sermon on the Plain as well is the truth to say this is what to do. This is how to live. This is what to pray even. And this is what we need to find and experience life in the presence of God. Life in all, in all its fullness. Life in the kingdom. And right at the heart of the Sermon on the Mount is this discourse on prayer. Right at the, right at the heart of this most famous core teaching about the kingdom of God is this discourse on, on prayer. Kingdom-focused prayer. Jesus opens, as we've just read, with these words, don't be like the hypocrites, right? Those who publicly display their holiness in front of others. Go into your room, pray in secret, and don't babble on with lots of words, right? In short, Jesus is saying, uh, take the focus off of you. <laughs> That's kind of the summary of it. Now, in that context, he's saying, don't go and show off your prayers to other people. Uh, now, I would observe that most of us probably don't have a problem with that. It's more about I'm not so comfortable praying with others because I'm worried about what they might say as opposed to boasting about it. But it's the same core issue. I'm more worried about what others are thinking of me than my talking with God and communing with God. Take the focus off of you. It's not about you. It's not about me. And this praying this way with the focus off of us and onto God is what allows us to step into the reality and the beauty of the kingdom of God. It's not just prayer that helps us live in the kingdom. It's God-focused prayer. Now, I know that sort of sounds like a no-brainer, as if like, yeah, but what other sort of prayer is there, Luke? God-focused prayer. But, that, but if we're honest, it's not the only way to pray. Um, it's astounding how often our prayers are actually all about us. I know I had a look through my journal from the last few weeks where I write out some of my prayers in the morning when I'm spending time with God. And so often they start with something about me, right? First thing in the morning, God, I'm feeling this. Or God, you know, it's, it's, about, it's about me, right? It's about a problem or a need or maybe a boast, which is sort of disguised as being grateful to God, but really it's just pride, Right? Usually, if I pray in journal for a while, focused on God, guided by the scriptures, that will shift where the focus is on God, thank goodness. But often they, it starts selfish. But Jesus gave a really, really helpful guide here. He, he, he said, when it comes to prayer, start with God. Start with God. 
Focus on him. And so this is what the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' model for prayer, not a thing we just recite. I'm so appreciative of how Rachel led us through praying the Lord's Prayer this morning, not just saying it, but praying it and, and, and um, what's the word, like ad-libbing you know, like, uh, on it. Praying through it. It's a model for prayer. So let's go through this. Um, and here's a helpful framework I've found um, and used uh, when it comes to using this prayer and, and allowing it to focus our communion with God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's a focus on the Father's name. You could say the Father's character, his name, who he, that's who he is, his character, his being. Um, the Father's name. This is where it starts. This is where we focus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven is our focus, again, on the Father's kingdom. It's not our, our world, our lives, what's going on for us, our dominion, our kingdom. It's a focus on the Father's kingdom, his kingdom, his ways, his will. Give us today our daily bread. The key there being daily bread, right? Um, daily reliance on God, not a storehouse of God. Give me a storehouse of stuff that will be sufficient for years so that I won't have to rely on you daily. It's provision day by day. The Father's provision, a focus on the Father's provision is what this part's about. And then forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I focus on the Father's forgiveness. We need this forgiveness Period. We need this forgiveness to be able to forgive others, as the press says. We, 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 we need to focus on it's not about what we do, it's what he's doing in our lives to forgive us. The Father's forgiveness, the focus there. Lead us not into temptation. Um, this isn't so much about guidance, if, as in focusing on the lead us part, nor is it about having safety from pain and difficult stuff. Because that will happen. Um, it's about protection from that which will lead us away from God. Lead us not into temptation. The lies, deceptions, the things that tempt us. It, you know, it'll feel good. It won't hurt. No harm done here. That's being said by the enemy within us, around us and above us. God's truth protects us from these deceptions. Lead us not into these deceptions, these temptations. So it's a focus on the Father's protection. Not protection from harm, protection from temptation and deception. And finally, deliver us from evil or from the evil one. So where there's risk of being drawn into another kingdom, to put it one way, he protects when we're already poisoned by the deception of Satan's kingdom, he delivers, right? takes us out again. I focus on the Father's deliverance. We need both protection from when we're tempted to go into it and deliverance from when we're already stuck in it. The Father's name, the Father's kingdom, the Father's provision, the Father's forgiveness, the Father's protection, and the Father's deliverance. This is the focus of this prayer. This model, this guide for how to commune with God. The good news is that when we lay down our lives, when we lay down our desires, our own ways, our own hopes, our own dreams, and give our whole selves to God, we actually find life and hope and all we could ever desire and dream for and hope for in that place, right? When we lay our stuff down, 
And Jesus invites us to discover this kingdom. This kingdom of God. This reality that is the kingdom of God. Through praying this way. So as we pray like this, it's like, wow, now we're discovering what the kingdom is all about and how to experience it, how to live in it. Give your whole attention to the Father's name, kingdom, provision, forgiveness, protection, deliverance. Might not seem that radical, uh, you know, like, yeah, of course. But I think that one of the greatest tricks that the enemy has played was to make this prayer something so often recited in schools and churches, like, our Father in heaven, hallowed be, you know, kingdom, you know we just like, we know it, that it never made it from head to heart. But this is to be a heart prayer, something that's always guiding how we pray and how we talk with God, which then shapes the rest of our lives. A heart-level heart praying this way, I think, I'm, I'm convinced, would transform our thinking and our action. Does that make sense? Heart-level praying this, this being how we talk with God and then go to there to experience the world. I experienced this even this way. I was just preparing uh, and, and, and thinking about this, and I just began to take a little bit more notice of how I was praying in the morning or d- during the day or whenever it might be. And as I shifted the focus of where my prayers were at and what they were focused on, joy came. I, I was... I, I just had to ref- reflect on this and say, I, I need to share that. I was sitting in a cafe this morning, I was on my way, just popped in, grab a coffee, sit down for a while. And I, I read um, uh, first, first John chapter 1, that's where I was at in my Bible. And it was th- this verse about how um, we have, because of, because of what Jesus has done, we have fellowship with the Father and the Son. And sitting there among all the, you know, these ordinary people eating their waffles or bacon and eggs or whatever they were doing. And I'm just sitting there with a coffee and my, my phone, my iPad, and, and going, right now, in this place, because I've focused not on me and my problems and whatever's going on, but on, on God and what he would want to say to me. I'm communing with God, not I'm talking to God. He's talking to me and I'm talking to him, the father of the universe, the king of the kingdom. I have fellowship, as John puts it in, in his epistle, with this God right now, right here. And he says, we write this, John says, we write this to you for our or your joy. I was like, wow. And that happens when we, we shift the focus. Simple, subtle shift. Taking the focus off of us and on God. A few weeks ago, um, Cam kicked off this series in, in the Beatitudes. You know, beautiful passage of scripture. The, the beginning of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who make this counter-cultural vision of what blessing is all about. Right? This is the kingdom of God. It's not like the way the world operates. Um, and then Cam showed us as well what might be the polar opposite of this, the beatitudes of the world. Victorious are the rich for they build their own country. Victorious are the happy. Victorious are the proud, etc. You know, polar opposites to the blessings, and the ways and the values of the kingdom of heaven. It's the values of the kingdom of this world. What then might the Lord's prayer of this world 
look like? What might be the, the kind of the polar opposite of the, the, our Father in heaven, that of the, the Father's name, the Father's kingdom, and the Father's provision? What might the total opposite be? I've already mapped it out for you. You got it, Rachel. <laughs> I already said it this morning, right? I started off saying, let me pretend for a minute you're all strangers, and then I introduced myself. And instead of this, instead of, next slide, the Father's kingdom, sorry, the Father's name, the Father's kingdom, the Father's provision, the Father's forgiveness, protection, and deliverance, this was my introduction. Hi, my name is Luke. I'm the pastor of this church. I just want to help you with whatever you need on your spiritual journey, right? If you've drifted from church for a while, that's fine. No judgment on my part. I forgive you. You know, happy to welcome you back. You're safe here. And I hope you find refuge, deliverance, from the challenges of your life. Right? That's exactly the words I, I, I said at the beginning in that, that fake introduction. No mention of God. No pointing to God. It's essentially all about me. By the way, I don't actually think that this church is my kingdom. I'm just <laughs> it's an example. And there's no way I could ever really introduce myself like that if the Lord's Prayer was the prayer of my heart and then it shaped my my actions in the way I go. And if I have introduced myself like that before, well, that indicates a problem. Because this, the the Luke's name, Luke's kingdom, provision, forgiveness, is the prayer of, or the the prayer of, of my kingdom. But this is the prayer of my Father's kingdom. And the more we're living in one, the less we're living in the other. This is, this is the key, right? The more we live in one, the less we're living in the other. It's very easy to have one foot in each. Do you want to access, this is my question this morning for you, do you want to access, even immerse yourself in the kingdom of God and make it not just a reality that exists, but your reality. If, the answer, if your answer to that question is yes, I want to encourage you to pray this way. To not go, oh, cool, great, Lord's Prayer, yep, yep, yep. Oh, you know, that's one great tool among others. No, it's the, it's the model. To pray this way. Focus off of us and onto God. What I love about this is that it's actually very, very practical. Incredibly practical. Uh, For example, you can focus, you can just focus on one part of this prayer and sit there for as long as you need, right? I'm going to, let's just focus on that first one, for example. God, I just want to praise you for who you are. You're a good father. Uh, May you be more glorified in my life. Um, Help me to know you as father more deeply, focusing on just that part. What am I missing about your character, God? What is it that, that you're wanting to reshape in terms of how I see you? You know, you're praying, living, you're praying on that. You can pray through the prayer, each part of it, and just take notice of what stands out on a particular day, what God's nudging you on. It might be you're praying through it, and it's like the, the thing about his name, the Father, you know, how it be your name, um, that, that just, like, boom, I, I just need to... I need a, Sit there today. It might be the forgiveness piece. It might be the deliverance thing. God, I need you to deliver me from this stuff I'm quoting. And that might relate to the situation you're facing or who you're praying for or what you're praying for. Praying through it and just what stands out. 
Or it might be that you have a particular need you're bringing to God. Uh, someone or something you're bringing to God in prayer, a personal situation. And this prayer, it just guides you. Lord, I pray that so-and-so will know you as Father. Uh, may your name be made great in their life. May your kingdom come in your life. May your will be done in your life. May you provide for them. May you forgive them if there's unforg- and if there's unforgiveness. You, know, you, you go through and pray for them in this way. Or you're wrestling with something in prayer and you think these six things... Think through these six things so you help, it helps you come back to God. It helps actually recenter the way you're praying. God, maybe it's your forgiveness I need here so that I can extend it to so and so. And that's what's right. You know, the, when this becomes our heart prayer, the prayer of our heart, then it guides us and it can guide us in so many different practical ways. When we're familiar with it, it will prompt us in these ways when our prayers are self-focused or off track, even when this is not on the forefront of our mind or we have it in front of us. And so I want to put this into pra- and encourage us to put this into practice in the coming weeks. As I said, we're going to start 21 days of uh, prayer and fasting, come back to the fasting bit, but this has been a common practice for Christians in a season of particular significance uh, when facing an important decision or a crossroads is to take 21 days, three weeks, seven days, seven and three, you know, significant kind of you know, uh, symbolic numbers. Um, in 21 days' time, we're gathering to discuss and decide on some significant steps forward uh, in a, a big step of faith for our faith family, uh, the launching of a new, new uh, worshipping community or planning a church, to put it that way. Our goal is singular and is crystal clear. Obey God. That's, that's the goal, right? There's no other, there's no, well, the other things are sub sub goals to achieve this but there is one singular singular goal in this obey God do what God wants do what God wants so praying the way Jesus taught us over the next 21 days is something that will help us intentionally align ourselves with him and then make decisions in line with his will even if those are different to what the leadership team proposes or what we thought we decide or whatever we thought we might go into to go, no, God, we want your will. That's what we want. We want to obey you. And so I'm going to suggest a really simple approach to this period of 21 days. To take, other than Sundays, when we'll come together in worship, to take three days to focus on each part of the Lord's Prayer as you pray about this venture. That's it. So, for example, next three days, our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name. Now, that, that's good news. Do you know why? Because if you forget tomorrow, there's still Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> but to focus on each part of those, those six parts of the Lord's Prayer for three days, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday to Saturday, then we'll come together for worship, Monday to Wednesday, Thursday to Saturday, etc. Um, until we hit the last Saturday and then the, ne- the next day we'll, we'll meet. Um, and for this to guide us, to focus us on, um, and if you don't remember this, that's fine. I'm going to do, obviously do a little email and Facebook post and stuff um, as we go on each one and provide some, some, some thoughts and tips. But just to pray, let this prayer guide us as a community. Wouldn't that be a good thing to do? Um, so then a note on fasting. 
Jesus follows his words on prayer with the advice on fasting. And as you probably noticed, it's very similar, right? It's similar to don't go out and pray publicly so people will see your sort of showy words. You know, don't go and, you know, put anti-makeup on to make your face look all, you know, gloom and doom to show people you're fasting. Um, same point. Keep the focus on God, not on you. Fasting, which is about choosing to give up food for a period, um, and, a, and a mean food, giving up coffee or lollies is noble and potentially helpful. It's just not fasting, really. I'm sorry to break it to you. You can give up coffee if you want to, in order to you know, hurt for Jesus. That's all right. But, um, but really, when we're talking about fasting, we are talking about food. And it's about giving up something you naturally crave in order to intentionally turn your attention to God. When it boils down to it, I want to encourage you to choose to either give up a, a portion of your diet, maybe it's the, um, the, the carbs and the, the, the sugar and all that kind of thing to have like a fruit, a fruit and vegetable and meat diet or something like that, or a portion of time. This is you know, more common practice. There is the stuff like the Daniel fast and that, but uh, to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip lunch and if, or, or uh, I'm going to take a period of time. And, you know, when the hunger pangs kick in, which are really not true hunger, more just, um, uh, you know, um, it's, it's not real, real, real hunger and starving. But, um, but when those, those kick in, it, it drives us to prayer. God, uh, you know, thank you that you provide for me. And I, I want to encourage you, of course, in a way that's not dangerous, um, but that's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I've put in the email sent earlier this week, and we'll send it again, some guides, some stuff you can read through. There's actually quite a bit on the website I've, I've, I've put on that page that you can read that guides and gives some more thoughts around fasting. But like for me, this is a whole body prayer. It's a whole body way of saying, you, not me, God, when it boils down to it. That's it. And so, friends, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is near. And we can say, that sounds awesome. Where do I sign up? But then back off when Jesus shows us how to access it, because it's like, ooh, fasting. <laughs> or we can trust that his ways lead to life and experience the reality of life under his kingship right now. It might be different to what we're used to. It might look different. It might be like, well, I can't quite see it. Um, but to trust that this is, this is truth. He says, pray this way, fast this way. Um, and so much more in the Sermon on the Mount that I encourage you to read, Matthew 5 through 7. So let's pray. Um, actually, um, Clayton and Randon, if you want to come back, and then going to lead us in worship. Let's pray. And then um, I'm going to close the service with something just to let this, let this stick in particular. So Father... We just come to you now as Father. May our words not be overcomplicated as we pray. May we just come to you and say, Father, we exalt you in our life. We want what you want, not what we want. We're going to rely on you each day to come back to you with our sins each day and ask for your forgiveness. And ask that you would both not lead us into and rescue us from the times we step into the kingdom of darkness so that we may live in your kingdom of light. In Jesus' name.